How's everybody doing tonight? You guys ready for His and Hers? Hey, can you believe this is year number four of His and Hers? I can't believe it. I think it's crazy. Okay, and, and um, as, I, as I was beginning, as I just read this story, you know, um, um, for the next few minutes, I want to take a few moments today as we kick off this series and, and this conference uh, with exposing, exposing something, okay? Exposing the biggest Hear me out. The biggest silent enemy of our relationships. I have never preached on this subject before. This is new to me, okay? I literally just finished the message about two hours ago or an hour and a half ago. But I want to expose the biggest silent enemy for our relationships. And I've titled my message, if you're taking notes, uh, This Little Lie of Mine. This Little Lie of Mine, Okay. You see what I did there? Uh, and and, if, and the goal for today is pretty simple. Like I said, I want to pinpoint what is the biggest enemy of your relationships. Because here's the thing. The enemy, our spiritual enemy, has a strategy to destroy your life. Did you know that? Did you know that your biggest enemy, the, our, our biggest spiritual enemy has a strategy to destroy your life, to destroy your relationships. He has a strategy. Recently, I came across, um, came across an article that says objects that you're using incorrectly. Has anybody ever read the article? And, and, and it talks about things that we're not using right, okay? Things that, things that we're misusing, and, and I just got so caught up into it. Uh, um, what's that very, uh, it's not like, you know that very thing that when you're doing something and then you like get distracted by multiple things at the same times and then you just get overwhelmed by everything you do. That's me, okay. So if that's you, I feel what you're. I feel what, what you're facing, okay. But as I read this article, these are these are familiar artic, uh, um, things that that we use it in our daily daily lives and 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 perhaps it's gonna blow your mind, okay. It, one of those things that blew my absolute mind. I'll start with this. How many of you guys like uh, co uh, Coke's products or sodas? Anybody out there that likes sodas? Hey, no guilty, okay? We're past the resolution, okay? It's, it's, it's February. Our, our, you know, our resolutions are done. Okay, so uh, Coke, anybody? Sprite? You, any, how many of you guys like the can? The can? Okay, cans? Yeah, can people? I absolutely hate cans, okay? Why? Because I don't know how to drink them. It spills everywhere, okay? It's like, so I'm a, I'm a bottle guy, okay? But I just discovered something life-changing. You want me to show it to you? I actually found a video on YouTube that I want to show you. Have you ever watched this video? It's hilarious. It's about to change your life, okay? It's an hour-long video, so get caught in. knew that raise your hand what <laughs> I might know the okay all right I I'll get you on the second one um how about this um any pens anybody cooks around the house we certainly don't cook but I, I thought this is uh, pretty interesting and um, 
you know the pants. I was, I was figure, I was wondering why that the, the handle had a hole in, in the handle. Ever wonder what that hole is there? People already, you all know. Everybody, you don't know. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you, Felicity, today. <laughs> it's just me and you tonight, okay? Because everybody else is so smart, besides me and you, I guess. But did you know that that little hole in the handle of the pan is created to do this? God, so a lot. Okay, okay, okay. So all of you guys, single ladies, when you get married, you know, you know now. Like you, you surprise your husband by like doing. And it, if it drips, it drips inside. It's amazing. Okay. Um, and, and, and let's focus on this beautiful wooden spoon. Okay. In, in when when I was growing up, the wooden spoon was used for multiple things, not just to cook, but it was also used to spanking. Okay. And that's just it's used in my house. It has multiple use. I love wooden spoons. It allows my children to listen to his father. It's amazing. Okay. And um, and, and talking about the wooden spoons, wooden spoons have many many. Things Things, but you know, like one of the biggest things about wooden spoons is like it has multiple uses. And, and I found that, that you know, whenever you're 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 boiling something to its fullest and, and it's about to, to come out and, and it always bursts, especially when you're boiling some eggs, and you know that you can use the wooden spoon to if you put the wooden spoon, it doesn't allow the the, 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 the boiling thing to come over and overflow your kitchen. And now you, so it's amazing, okay? You should try it sometimes. They're going to send me emails, Pastor Brian, I tried it, it did not work, okay? Don't put it on me, it was on the internet, okay? And uh, last one, it's my favorite, one more, okay? One more, can I, can I use one more? Uh, anybody, uh, Starbucks lovers, anybody? Starbucks lovers, okay, I'm about to blow y'all's mind with this one. Um, and, and this applies to some to-go cup with, with lids, and um, do you know that the top of your Starbucks beautiful cup, your $15 coffee, that you spend three times a week, sometimes six times a week, uh, it has multiple uses. Do you know that the, the top of your, the lid of your cup, it is also can be used as a coaster? Check this out. Did you know that? And listen to this. And these little, this little lines around it, it prevents, if it doesn't spill, these things will hold the spill too. Blew your mind. Didn't you know? All right, guys, have a good night. Welcome to Gears and Hurts. We'll see you next week, okay? <laughs> Can anybody praise God? But dude, like, are you just going to get the, to the scripture? But the, the thing about like, what I'm using all of this is because I, w- I wanted to use this as an illustration because I love this concept that, that the familiar things that we use on a daily or on a weekly basis sometimes because of the familiarity, we just think that we've known it all, don't we? But there is certain things that we have discovered. And, and I began to think how, how true that is for our relationships. I, I have this kind of uh, thought in my heart that when it comes to relationships, we don't fully realize how much our relationship have to offer because we have become so familiar to this concept of relationships. Even when you walked into this place and you were like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about a relationship. We're going to talk about, like... Or like dating, like you know, like, and you have become so familiar to it, and in its familiarity, you can sometimes oversee and you can miss the the, the full purpose, the why that the thing was created, and what's taken place for us is that we have been viewing our relationships incorrectly, and, and we don't understand the the real purpose of it, and because you don't understand the real purpose of it. You could miss why God 
created us with this dependency to have a relationship. And, and because of that, you can miss everything that it can be, everything that could be. I read earlier uh, this quote, and, 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 and I loved it. And it, this quote said this, and if you want to pull it up, it says, something is bound to break when you use it in a way it was never intended to be used. I want you to, me- I want you to put that in your heart tonight. Something is, about, is bound to break when you use it in a way it was never intended to, to be used. So, so today, I want, to, uh, I want to expose the biggest lie for your relationship, the biggest enemy for your relationship. And this applies in whatever stage of life you're in, okay? This applies if you're single, if you're dating, if you're engaged, or if you're married. Today, I want to chat with you about this topic of lust. Lust. And I know what you're thinking. What? That's an odd message to start his and hers. Uh-uh. You know what? That's an odd topic. And, and I get it. It's a very risky message, okay? And, and, uh, and, and But what I want you to realize is that this word is not just a message for high schoolers or middle schoolers. Oh, you know, they lust, you know? This is a message for all of us. This word is not just for people in relationships, but rather is something that you and I struggle every single day. And I believe, my friends, the enemy has been using lust to destroy you and your relationships from the inside out. We don't like to talk about it. We're, we're, we're getting into the point where, we're, where it's better for us to talk about sex and don't do this and don't do that. But I began to think that this is the biggest thing, the biggest silent thing that the enemy uses to destroy yours and my relationship. Now, before you start assuming about what this word really is and and, 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 you know, I know where your, your mind went, you know, all, all of y'all are, you're wondering, you're trying to work with a definition of lust really is for you. And, but I want to take it uh, from a context that is beyond a sexual context. Because lust is not just perversion, it's just sexual desire. And, 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 and here's the definition, what, 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 I, what I want lust, uh, the concept of lust I, I want to use today. Lust is as simple as this. Is using someone as an instrument for your own satisfaction. I want to say that again. Lust, at its simplicity, is just this. Is using someone as an instrument for your own satisfaction. So, so what happens, a lot of people, like I said early on, we don't fully understand what relationships are really all about. And we think that relationships are they to satisfy who? Right? I have a relationship so that I can be satisfied. And we start viewing people as like, oh, your purpose is to satisfy. Come on, complete it. Let's be honest for a second. We've all thought that before. If I'm going to date you, it's because you, I want something from you that benefits and our relationships are turning all about me, myself, and I. And the reality tonight is this. 
Relationships are not supposed to satisfy you. Relationships are supposed to sharpen you. Relationships are supposed to challenge you. Relationships are supposed to sharpen you. But if you want to destroy your relationship real quick, all you have to do is just look at through the eyes of lust. Because as you look at through the lens of lust, what happens is you get more focused on, on getting something rather than giving something. You get more focused on gaining instead of what you can add, what you can sow into the relationship. Over and over again, guys, what we do is just we turn people into instruments that are just meant to satisfy us. We don't even know it, don't we? Because culture out there is pushing us that actually, what are you getting from it? What, 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 this is all about you. And, and, and over and over, what we do is we turn people in this instrument that are, that are just meant to satisfy me. And when they don't satisfy me, when they don't fit what, what I thought they were supposed to do for me, what do we do? We leave. And, and I'm not just talking about dating, okay? I, this can apply to any type of... Re- this is relationships. Relationship spirits. It can be your dating life. It can be your, your, with your family. It can be with your friends. And, and look, it's 2023, right? Right, 2023, right? And we're here in Columbus, Georgia, and I don't have to be a genius to understand that there's a lot of different types of thinking in this room, right? There's a lot. We have different perspectives of what we think dating is all about, relationships are about. There's a, a lot of different paradigms, right, and perspectives in this room. And, and I just want to uh, stop here for a second. I just want to say, hey, I, I'm grateful. We are grateful for who you really are. And, and I don't fully know uh, what you believe or, or what are your thoughts or, or wh- whatever walk you are in or whatever vision you have or what perspective you have. I just want you to know that we love you and you belong in this place, okay? But, 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 but what I have decided, what we have decided here at the Hills College and not just here but as a church, as Cascade Hills Church, we have decided something, that we are going to define our authority based on the word of God. That, 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 that we're going to define what our principles really are on the word of God. All 66 books of it. Genesis all the way to Revelation. Yes, even Lamentations, okay? So God's word, hear me out. God's word, it is going to be the thing that gives me and you the vision to show us what is really true. Because the Bible says something. The Bible says, Jesus said it. If you hold on to the truth, the word, the truth will set you what? Set you what? How many of you guys want to be free? But Jesus said, it is not going to be your truth that will set you free. He never said it was going to be your agenda that was going to be set you free. He said, the, the what? Anybody following? The word, the word. So God's word is going to be the very thing that is going to give us the vision and what is going to show us what is true beyond what we feel. Beyond what we feel. So today as we, as we look at God's word, what, we, what, I, what we're going to try to do is what we're trying to do is we're going to try to um, 
to see what is, the, what is God saying to us about this issue because, because culture is confusing. Would you, understand, would you agree with me? Culture is a little confusing. Just, just the idea to, to fall in love is a little confusing. I'm not from here, okay? That's where the accent comes from if you're new. I'm from Peru. So English is not my first language. And I have a very hard time understanding these, these, these sayings. I'm in love, Pastor Brian. I'm in love. Because what you're really saying is, I'm in love, Pastor Brian. I'm in lust. I'm in lust with this person. I'm, I'm infatuated with, with, with this person, and I believe that, that, he, or that he or she uh, are designed to satisfy me and to fulfill me. Or, or this word, this word, is, it gets me all the time. We just fell in love, Pastor Brian. How many of you guys have heard that? How many of you guys have used that word? By saying, like, I'm not going to guilt you. I've used that word before, okay? I began to think about that. We just, we just fell in love. Really? You just, you just fell, fell in love? Oh, yes, we just fell in but, but think about it. It's like somebody else coming and saying, um, Pastor Brian, I just fell out of a car. I just fell out of a car, Pastor Brian. We just fell out of a car, Pastor no, 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 no. You did not fail out of a car. Somebody opened the door of the car that allowed you to fall out of the car. Whether that was you or whether somebody else came and opened the door for you, you just don't fall out of the car, Pastor Brian. You just don't, you just don't fall in love. No, no. You open the door for that person to come into your life. There are certain things that you or somebody else does that makes you fall in love. I mean, that term, fall in love, really? What is that? Do you know that fall is actually an accident? Falling is an accident? Like falling someday. Who, I mean, how, how many of you guys have been, ever been happy about falling? How many of you guys have fell and be like, oh, thank God I fell? Oh, thank you, I fell. I'm so happy. No, no. Check. I, I want you to understand something. Falling, okay? Falling is an accident. Love is a decision. You just don't fall in love. No, no. Falling is an accident. Love is a decision. Love, love is a commitment. You, 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 you have to choose to love. You just don't, oh, we're falling in love. Watch it. You're going to fall. You're going to fall very hard. That hurt my leg, by the way. <laughs> love is the deliberate decision to say, I am choosing to step into this thing. Everybody, I guess, can fall in love. Everybody, I guess. If it's that easy, everybody can fall in love. The hardest thing you will ever do is to stay in love. We, we love to choose convenience over conviction. We make decisions based upon chemistry instead of commitment. Do you know that you can have chemistry with anybody? You know that? You can have chemistry with whoever you want to have chemistry with. But when we choose chemistry, we like chemistry better than we like commitment. Love is a deliberate decision to say, I am choosing to step in this thing. 
We make decisions based upon chemistry over commitment. We follow our feelings instead of facts. And we fall not in love, but you fall in lust. Do you know that lust will be the biggest destroyer of your relationship? Again, that is if you're single. That is if you're dating. That is if you're engaged. That is if I'm married. He will destroy your life. And we don't like to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. As I'm speaking, all of you guys, oh, that's not me. Nope. Can't be me. I've never lost such a perverted thing. The enemy loves to come and he's got this little eye. And guess what? It's going to keep you from letting you shine. This little eye of mine. I'm going to let it. No, no. This little light of mine ain't going to let me shine. This little eye of mine ain't going to let you shine. You're not going to shine. You ain't going to shine. You ain't going to shine. When I say shine, do you know what I mean? You will never be the person God wants you to be. Or you will never be the person God created you to be. Because you have fallen into the trap of the enemy. That has all of a sudden confused you from love to lust. The enemy always comes and says, hey, if it feels good, do it. Do it. If you want it. And, 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 and guess what? When you get it, oh, you're going to be filled. You're going to be satisfied. So today, my friend, what I want to do is I want to unravel the truth. I, I want to expose the truth because the truth will set you. Come on, the truth will set you. I... I Listen, I'm not a relationship expert, okay? My close friends will tell you that I don't have my relationships straight just yet, okay? Me and Kirsch are still, like, we, we're not perfect. We fight. So, so my goal today is not to fix your relationships. I ain't not a relationship expert. I, I'm not here to solve your problem, but I do have one mission. That is not to solve all your problems. My, my one whole mission tonight is that we all walk out of this place Recognizing that you and I have a problem. That's the starting point. Because this message will not apply to your life until you recognize that there is a problem that you're dealing with. And we have to point out what the problem really is. That's the starting point. In order for you to find healing, guess what? You're going to have to find what you're sick of. Because you cannot heal what you're not willing to expose. So in order for you to heal, there has to be some exposure. So I want to use this story that I read earlier, and I get it. It's a very bizarre story. It's a very uh, provocative story in the nature. I don't, I don't think most of us would never experience this, such a terrific, horrific story, but, but I do think that there's some principles from that story that you and I can learn from. And there's a universal principle that well, we, we, when we will see it show up in our lives, 
we will see it show up in our lives. Lust would show up in your life unless you choose to say this. I'm not going to live my life looking at people as something that is intended to satisfy me. But rather, I will see my relationships as a place that I'm going to be sharpened as I give to it. Can we say it together? Because that's, this, is, this is it. If you can get this, you will know when to recognize lust and how to fix it. Come on. I am not going to live my life looking at people as something that it is intended to satisfy me. I want us to dive into the characters that we found in 2 Samuel chapter 13. And we read it, but just as a context, uh, we, we meet this guy. His name is Abnon, right? And Abnon had a sister. Her name is Tamar, right? And, and now what's interesting is that what we find is that Abnon and Tamar are, are son and daughter of King David. Anybody have ever heard King David? You know, the the giant slayer, you know, the, 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 the guy after God's own heart, one of the, one of the greatest kings of, of Israel, right? And, and Amnon and, and Tamar are, are, are siblings, and they're, they're son and daughter from King David. But here's the thing, okay? Uh, back, in, back in those days, in, in that time, kings used to have multiple wives, okay? And what you realize is that Amnon and Tamar, they have the same father, but they have a different mother, so they're half, half, half brother, half sister, right? And, and, uh, and, and, and scripture says that Tamar had another brother, right? His name was Absalom, right? And if, 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 you're, if you want some kids' names, uh, I'll, I'll stay away from, from, this, from these names, okay? But, 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 but Tamar had a brother named Absalom, and, and they're full brother and sister. They have the same dad and the same mom. And... And, and, and just a side note, if you want to dive deep into, like, these stories, I, I would recommend uh, studying a little bit of uh, Absalom's story. It's quite an interesting story. And if you're looking to, to study uh, uh, some verses on, on pride on, uh, or division, okay, Absalom, his life gets pretty, pretty crazy. He tried to divide his father's kingdom, okay? But that's, that's a story for, for another day, okay? Um, but Absalom and, and Tamar, they're full brothers, they're full sisters, and and here's where the story goes. The, the story is that Amnon one day in 2 Samuel chapter 13, um, he, he's gotten so obsessed with his sister Tamar. And at the, at the time that the scripture says that he loves her so much, he's obsessed with her, and he's so obsessed that, to the place that he's literally physically ill. Right? He's, he's so physically ill. It's okay, it's just rain. He, he's so physically ill, and he's, he's at the point of shaking, right? And, and, and like, oh, my goodness, he, he probably had a little fever, you know. He's so in love with his sister and, and with, with Tamar, and, 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 and here's where culture makes so much sense of the Bible. Have you ever heard the term lovesick? Lovesick, yeah, I'm just, uh, he's, he's lovesick, right? Well, Abnon was lovesick with Tamar. And, and Amnon was obsessed. He was intoxicated. He desires her so deeply. No, but, but I doubt we, we ever get to that point, right? 
We were not in bed like shaking, right? Lovesick for somebody, right? We'll never be like, that's not me, right? That's not you, right? But I will venture to say that many of us in this, if we are dealing with the sickness of love, the lust, and that is that we live in a, in a life that is fear, fearful, right? And, and we're worried, right? There's a lot of things going on. Um, there are people in this room that you're in love with Jesus, right? You love Jesus, but you think more about your singleness than you think about your relationship with Jesus. And that's become an obsession in your life. There, there are women in this room that are, you're dating, but you're so riddled with fear and insecurity that all you think is, I wonder what my boyfriend is doing. You're so obsessed with this desire to know what he's up to that you're checking into his Instagram 24-7. Every time you have a chance, you're trying to get that face ID so you can get into his phone just to see what he's doing, right? You don't give him time for him to have his own time, and you're following everything. You don't even give him time to fart, not to breathe, and that you're just so upset with him. You're you're just so obsessed with him. You're trying to figure it out, right? What what is he doing? You're so insecure that you're you're just trying to be safe. There are men in this room right now that you got your eye on that cute little girl. And you're thinking, oh, if I can just get a date with that girl, woo, man, my life will be complete. Woo, she hot, right? You're like, if I can just get a date with her, you know, woo, if I can just have a moment with this person, right? If I can just get her Instagram handle, right? That's all I need. I don't need no number. I just need an Instagram handle, then you will be happy. You'll be fulfilled. But can I tell you something, my friend? That's a lie. That's a lie taking a place. The root of what's taking place is that you believe down deep that if you can just get that person, that somehow you will find satisfaction. But that's a lie. If you're not very careful, listen to me loud and clear. Your your obsession will lead you into depression. There are many of us in here in this place that we're dealing with this unmet expectation, this fantasy going on. But we must actually come to the end that there's a root taking place. The, The root of what's taking place is that you're really down deep inside of you. You can come and tell me that's not me. But deep down inside of you, you believe that if you can get that person, somehow, some way, you will find satisfaction. Your life will be fulfilled. And that's your little lie. This little lie of mine ain't gonna let you shine. That should be a, the Hills College song from in 2023. Remix, Brian. The scripture says that Amnon is so distraught. He's so, he's like so upset. He's at the point with his ill. So, so there's this guy, and, and he's his counselor. He's his body, right? We all have those bodies, don't we? Like that person that, that comes and speaks into, into your life. And, and, and this advisor, his name is Jonadab, okay? And he comes to him, and he looks at Amnon. He says, bro, what's wrong with you? 
And Naaman looks at him, and he's like, hey, uh, no, 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 there is something wrong with you. You've got to tell me. Then Amnon goes and opens up and tells him the whole story. He's like, bro, I'm in love with Tamar, man. I, I, I want her. I, I want her to be my, mine. I, I, I'm so obsessed with her. And Amnon said, oh, okay, I got you, bro. I got a plan for you. And here's what, what, what verse 5 this says. I want you to. This is what you should do. He says, go to bed and pretend to be ill. You're not upset. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my side so I may come, so I may watch her and then eat it from her hand. And then he goes in to say, when that happens, just sleep with her. And I'm reading this and I'm like, whoa, like, where, where is this going? Who in the heck is Jonathan? Where did he come from? You know, all of a sudden he was like, I'm not. I'm, and then all of a sudden comes this guy that actually gives him what, what I'm not should do. I remember when I was uh, starting my, my, uh, my love relationship adventure, you know. I was young, you know. I was dumb. I was stupid, right? And, and we all have that friend, right? And he was like, bro. I, I remember I was like, dude, I really like this girl, right? And he goes and he says, hey, bro, if she don't pay attention to you, he says, just, um, just act like you don't care. That's the worst relationship advice I've ever, I've ever gotten, right? He said, like, if she don't pay attention to you, just play like you don't care. Thank God I didn't do what he said because guess what? Guess who, who, who ended up single for a long time? My friend. Because he acted like he didn't care. So the girls say, if you don't care, well, I don't care. Right? But we all have that friend, right? We all have given, anybody have given some worst relationship advice? Like, come on, everybody. Like, that was the worst relationship advice I've ever gotten. Just act like you don't care, right? What is, uh, what is John Dub suggesting? I know how to solve this, Amnon. You want her that bad? You just force yourself upon her. You just have to get what you want, man. If you want it, get it. If you desire, get it. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? We're just here to satisfy our own needs, right? That's, and that's what John ever done. And this is the first principle I want you to learn today. And perhaps one of the most important principles, not just for your relationships, but for your future generations. Because, because listen to me. You've got to be very, 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 very careful who you are taking your relationship advice from. You really need to consider where you are discovering counsel. Who are the voices that are speaking into your life? Who speaks into your, into your dating life? Who speaks into your engagement? Who speaks into your singleness? Who speaks into your finances? What are the voices that you're listening to? I put it this way. If you, don't, if you wouldn't eat that fruit, don't pick it. I read it this way in a quote, and, and it said like this, um, don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with. For some of you, you're not even listening to counsel. But the voices that you're listening to will determine the decisions one day you will make. They determine the places that you will be. Don't take advice from people you would not trade places with. 
I'm just trying to help somebody. Is this helping anybody? Because I know it helped me. If you don't want to be where they are, why in the world would you eat the fruit from their tree? If you don't want your marriage, your relationship to look like the people you're listening to, why in the world would you listen to their advice? Thank you. I thought so too. That was pretty good. If you don't think they're even burying a fruit in the category you want fruit in, why would you listen to them? Okay, Pastor Brian, uh, uh, then where do I get my advice from? Anybody want to know where they, well, Pastor Brian, I mean, you're telling me not to listen to every voice. So, so what, 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 what do I listen to? Well, let's start with what the things you don't listen to, right? Let's start there. Where are the places you don't get advice from? Number one, don't get your advice from your fortune cookie, okay? That don't work, okay? That's fortune cookie, okay? Cosmo Magazine, no, I mean, right? Your, your buddies, your, your drinking buddies, they have no counsel in this category. Um, your imaginary IG influencers, that's maybe not a good place to start. Um, maybe not your aunt, who's a little bitter, that has had a, a few divorces on, on her belt, and she's just bitter. Maybe not from your boss, who is cheating on his spouse. So, so often, my friend, the reason why our, we have a re broken relationships is because we're listening to the wrong voices. Maybe it's not just you. Maybe it's the voices that you're listening to. Could it be? So, so it's okay. So, Brian, okay, I know what, don't, what I don't listen to now. Uh, what do I listen to? Uh, okay, start here. This right here. You know this book is a lie. It doesn't. It doesn't seize me to. It's amazing. Every single time I open, I open this book. It speaks into my heart. So, if you so much want an advice, what? Anybody have this? Everybody. If you don't, come see me. I'll give you one. This is the best place to start. Okay. Um, God has a lot to say about your relationships. Okay, Pastor Ryan, but I need some. Extra help, okay. Um, go find a godly couple who have been together more than just a day, more than just a month, okay? And, and just tell them, hey, I need help. I need help. I want to navigate in this idea of my relationships. Now, now, now uh, let me just tell you, not all couples are going to, any couples is going to have all their relationship stuff together, okay? They're not going to be perfect relationships, but... But they've got those kind of relationships that they have sometimes fallen down. But, but because of, of the test of time, they have, they have been able to get back up. And, and they're going to say, hey, I'm going to stand firm. And we're going to finish this line together, this, 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 this race together. But, but here's the question before you allow anybody to speak into your life. You have to answer this question for yourself. And this is a very foundational question. What do you want? Pretty simple, isn't it? Before you listen to any voice, you have to determine, what do you really want? What do you want? What do you want? So, so the advice you should be getting from people is, is people who have what you want. 
But you will never know. You will just listen to the opinions of people and because you will follow what everybody else says because you really don't know what you want. So your energy, your effort, your time has to be put. What do I really want? So my advice, my people that are going to listen, that I'm going to listen to, they're going to have what I want. Because if you don't know what you want, you'll be just driving, you'll just be, you'll just be manipulating, you'll just be by the enemy using some, even sometimes good advice. But you're going to have to know what you really want. I'm not over here listening to John and he's, he's got the dumbest plan ever. Tell you that you're sick, and, and you know that, and, and, and fake like you're sick. That's a fun way to start a relationship, doesn't it? Hey, start a relationship with a lie. How about that? How about you create that, that Tinder account, that Christian Mingle account, and, and lie about your way or, or your, your, you know, lie about, okay, create it. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a sad way to start a relationship with a lie. Hey, hey, pretend you're, pretend you're sick. So Amnon is, is started this whole thing wrong. He starts with a lie. The scripture says that he obeys his advice and he gets into this bed that comes and he's like, hey, I'm sick. And can you please get Tamara in? I really want some of that bread that she makes, you know, like I really, and, and you know, and, and, and then Tamara comes in and she listens to it and now says, hey, come over here. And he gets over there and, and she's trying to give him some food and he says, no, I want you to come and, and be with me. And, 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 and you have, look, look, verse 12 and 13 and look, look what she says. And, and this is uh, verse 12 and she says, no, no, my brother, she said to him. Don't force me. Such things should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What, what about me? Where, where could I get rid of my disgrace? And, and what about you? You'll be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. Please, speak to the king, she says. And speak to the king, and he will not keep me from being married to you. The king will give you what you want. There is an order. Would you agree? There's an order. There's an order for things. She said, please don't do this. That's my last principle I want to speak to you. Do you know that there's an order for your relationship? And Tamar is, is begging. It's begging. Abner says, brother, if you ask, it will not, it will not be, it, they will not keep me away from me married to you. There's, a, there's an order that we get to marry and then we, we consume our love and, and whatever that is. I mean, but there has got to be a order see the problem with our generation is that we just love to skip seasons don't we single people trying to pretend that they're married dating people are pretending to be married engaged people they're trying to pretend to be married my friend there is beauty in every season of your life why in the world would you want to skip something that is coming there is an order. And the moment you step out boundary is the moment that you miss the blessing of God in the season that he has you in. Period. There is beauty when I'm single. I get to discover who I really am. And there is beauty when I'm, when I'm dating. That's the fun part. There's beauty when I'm engaged. That's the preparation. What are we going to do? How are we going to do things? Let's dream together. There is beauty when you're married. Oh, there is beauty when you're married. Amen, married couples. Nathan, easy buddy, calm down. <laughs> Our worship leader gets excited. Oh man, I love being married. But if you don't get the order right, then you should not be surprised 
when your life gets out of order. Why? Because you're making decisions that are out of order. So she said, no, there's an order for this, my brother. He said, no, 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 no. I want you right now. It's my way, no way. Side note, if you have somebody who says that they're in love with you, but they're trying to force their convictions upon you, please understand what the scripture says. The scripture says love is patient. So if the person is not willing to wait for you, understand that they're not in love with you. They're just in lust with you, okay? If they don't honor you, if they don't honor your convictions, why in the world? If they don't honor your convictions right now, what makes you think that he's going to honor your convictions later on in life? Really? She says, no, no, I'm not, please, no. And he does this despicable, horrific, crazy, barbaric thing. And he literally forces himself upon Tamar. And what's wild, the scripture says, look at this, 2 Samuel 13, 15. This is the saddest part about this whole thing. And Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. Amnon said to her, Get up and get out. The thing, about, the thing about lust, it's a lie. It's a lie. And it's a lie that promises you, my friend, satisfaction. It's a lie that promises you fulfillment. And when you begin to view people as an instrument for your own satisfaction, whew, what you will discover at the other end you'll be more dissatisfied than you have ever been in your entire life. What you will discover in the other end is that you're, you will be more dissatisfied than you were, with, that you were when you began with. It's just the way it goes. The reality is not that what lust does in the moment. The reality is where lust leads you. It's not what really lust does in the moment, but it's where it leads you. For Amnon, lust led him to a place of despair. It led him to a place of hatred. It turned love into hate. For Amnon, his lust led him into this place of despair. And despair, my friend, will always lead into anger. Some of you, some of you are like, yeah, Pastor Ryan, I'm, I'm not angry on the outside, you know. I'm all right. It's not, it's not me. But some of you, it is the inside. At the bottom of it all, you're unsatisfied. Some of you guys are hurting on the inside. And as, as we read the story, you know what's crazy? Absalom? The brother, the full brother of Tamar, few years later, goes and takes revenge and takes Amnon's life. And he kills Amnon. He, was, and he killed him in revenge to what Amnon did to his sister. And this is what I'm trying to say. Lust, if you want to pull it up, my friend, lust will always catch up with you. Lust will always catch up with you. It will always destroy the very thing that you want so desperately. And here's the bottom of my message, and I'm done. This is, I have nine closing. Sorry, I've gone a little bit longer today. But this one little verse, 
Shouts out me, right? Shouts out on me. Verse 15, look, look, look what it says. And uh, if you want to pull it out for me. That I'm not hating her with intent. With intense hatred. Look, it says, in fact. Can you say, in fact? Come on, say, in fact. He hated her more than he had loved her. That's what lust does. It promises you something that when you give into the lie, it's worse off than when it started. You don't think that's true? I'll prove it to you. Take, take, take a trip down memory line. I know I did. Why is it that, that every time you look at a pornography picture, after every masturbation, you're still hungry afterwards? Why is it that after you get done looking at these images that you feel worse than when you started? I mean, if casual sex is so fulfilling, why is it that every time after you get done, you're more broken than how you started? What if one day you stay at the altar, you stand at the altar, and you look at your future husband and your future wife, and you say, till death do us apart. I love you more than anything on this earth. But then one year, two years, 10 years, 15 years later, you look at at your husband, at your your wife, and you look at her and you're like, I don't don't love you. I don't love you no more. I actually hate you. Could it be that that is the result of somebody turning a person into an instrument of satisfaction? But I, I thought, Pastor Brian, I thought that they were supposed to, to, to give me what I want. To, to, I mean, they, I thought that they were designed to, to give me what I want. Well, I, I thought they were designed to fulfill me, to satisfy me, this, this, this thirst, this, this, this desire. Friend, we will always must come back to the fundamental truth. That people are not created to satisfy your thirst for your soul. People are not made to complete you. Your, your partners should not complete you. They should complement you. Jesus is who completes you. If you look that into a person, that's a role that they will never be able to fulfill. Jesus Christ in his perfect majesty, he can be the only one that could totally fulfill you. That is God's job that you should not put on your partner. Bible says that Abner hated Tamar more than he loved her. Some of you guys are sitting right now and you, you believe this little lie. Nathan, you can come and you have fell in love with the feeling. At the bottom of it all, when you talk about relationship, you just have fell in love with this fairy tale thing. You have fell in love with the feeling. And you did not make that decision. You didn't make that commitment. And some of you, you're broken, you're hurting, you're in pain today. And my friend, not for a second did I, made, did I wrote this message to point fingers at you. Say, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Some of you are like, oh, well, there's Pastor Brian again preaching at me. No, I'm preaching to myself too. Because this message is not just for for young people. 
not trying to condemn people. I'm not trying to point fingers at you. This message is for me too. This is a message for a man who has been married for 10 years. And that is not always some crazy sexual perversion. No, no, no. You know, I will step into lust the moment I put the expectation on Kirsty to fulfill every single need that I have. I step in lust whenever I view my wife Kirsty as an instrument that her purpose is in life is to fulfill me and to satisfy me. That is wrong. That's not her purpose. Jesus has a specific purpose for my wife, and it is my job as a husband to prompt her, to support her, for her to fulfill God's purpose for her life. She was not given to me to satisfy me, to fulfill me. No, she was given unto me so that together we can find what is God saying to both of us. And that is the role of a godly husband, a husband that puts his wife and supports her. My friend, if you walk into a relationship looking, what can that person do for me? You'll be starting your relationships with a lie. And that lie will turn into lust. And lust will destroy everything God put together. I adopt that thinking. And I step into the paradigm only a matter of time before that which is so great begins to break. Because here's the reality that I began early. Something is bound to break when you use it in a way it was never intended to be used. So what, Brian? What do I do now? What do I do now? How many of you guys want to be a person of love, not of lust? How many of you guys will say, hey, Brian, this... This is me. Like, Pastor Brad, I, I, I want to be a person of love. I want my relationship to this. Come on, come on, lift up your hands. This is, this is not, this is, this is me. This is, this is you. So what do I do? What do I do? Number one, I love what Gary told me when I was telling him that this is the message that I want to preach on. He was like, you know how you come back that he says, and, and, and this is what he said that I love. Number one, there has to be radical repentance. Radical repentance. When you come to the feet of Jesus and you say, Father, I, I, I acknowledge, I confess that I've been a person of lust and not of love. That hurts. But change begins with radical repentance. I love what 1 John chapter 1 it says, look at this, if we claim to be without sin, we have deceived ourselves and the truth is, the truth and the truth is not in us. But number nine, but if we what? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and will purify, look, from all of unrighteousness. So how do I turn my heart from lust to love? Well, you have to begin with Radical repentance. Coming to the feet of Jesus. And where repentance is, I'm going this way, I'm turning the other way. I'm going this way. I'm going away from what it used to be. From the thoughts that used to drive me bound. So number one, you have to repent. Number two, the most famous scripture of all time. And look what it says. Look, look, look at John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he... That he what? Come on, that he 
his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You repent, but then you understand one thing, my friend. Love is about giving. Love is about, hey, uh, I'm going to sow into these things. I, I don't lust you. I love you. For God so loved and he gave. God loved the world. He gave. Amnon lost and he took. See the difference? Love gives. Lust takes. Amnon so lasted the more than he took. The difference between love and lust is that love is about giving and lust is about taking. And when my focus is intent, instead of give, we're going to break the cycle of lust. I will put it this way. Giving gives you the biggest gain. Giving, when you give, it gives you the biggest gain. In your relationships, you want to be, if you want, if you want to, if we want them to be healthy, if, if you want your relationships to stand the test of time, it will begin by us asking on the right perspective of love. That I'm not going to feel my, I'm not going to feel my way up into this thing. I'm going to make a decision. You cannot satisfy me. You cannot fulfill me. That is God's job. So I got to repent. And I got to give. Would you stand with me? Every single time we go into a wedding, we read this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Anybody have heard that before? I know we all have, even if you didn't grow up Christian. But, but Paul says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not, self, it's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And today, my friend, I have decided in my heart and my praise that you decide in your heart that our love, my love, is going to be patient. My love is going to be kind. My love will not envy. My love will not boast. My love will keep no record of wrong. My love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. My love does not, that it always protects. My love will always trust. My love will always hope. And my love will always persevere. What if that was you? What if God brought you here today to expose something? He's been silently destroying all your relationships. Trust me. That's been an easy message to put down. But my prayer is that when you see God exposing something, He's not trying to hurt you. 
He's trying to heal you. And that's what I've been praying for today. I've been praying that God will take your heart and will begin to heal. But he will never, not be able to heal what you're not willing to expose. What do you do? You repent. What do you do? You give. And for some of you, my friend, today, you're sitting there, but Brian, I, I don't have anything to give. Because the reality is, you cannot give what you don't have. And, and, and when I read this, this chapter, this verse in John 3.16, if you want to put it back up, you did not fully understand what this is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son and that whoever. What if that was you tonight? Whoever believes in him, Whenever, whatever, however, really? For God so loved you that he gave his only son for whoever, whenever. See, the thing about it, you have been trying to, to, to get fulfillment from the people you've been around. And every single time you get back to it and you're like, ah. Every time you lay down your head in the pillow, you're like, is this all there is to it? Could there be more to life than just going through the emotions and just going, trying to find fulfillment for every single person? Well, my friend, God brought you here today so you can understand this verse. That he doesn't lust you. He doesn't want anything from you. All he wants is you to know how much he loves you. That he gave his only son for whoever, whenever. If I give something so precious to you, if I give you my shoes, if I give you something that, 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 that I so love, guess what? I'm going to expect you to wear it, don't I? If you give something so valuable, what are you going to expect? Them to use it, right? If you give somebody a car that they don't have a car, but they don't drive the car you gave them, you're going to be pretty upset, right? God gave his most precious possession, his son. I have a son, and I will never give it. Not for even not for somebody good. But here understand that the heart of God, he says, for God so loved you that he gave his only son for whoever. If you want, I would love to. I would love for you to come. I would love for you to surrender a hundred percent. See, some of you guys have been, have been okay with God, uh, 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 giving your life to God for, for eternal security, but you've been holding your relationships here. God, uh, you can have everything but my relationship. I, I, I got it. And God brought you here today so that you can surrender 100%. No more gangs. In order for you to move from, lo from lust to love, you have to repent, then you have to give. What if God wants you to give your life to him tonight? That's a decision you can only make. And I would love to lead you into a prayer where you can do so. Would you close your eyes, bow your head? If that's you tonight and you say, Pastor Ryan, this is me. I am, uh, I want to surrender my life to God 100%. My friend, the reality is that 
that verse that we just read where God gave his only begotten son is because Jesus was going to be the only thing that was going to pay the price you will never been able to play to pay see God is holy we're sinful people and holy God cannot be in the midst of sin so there had to be the bridge and the bridge had to be Jesus and Jesus came he came a hundred percent human a hundred percent God and he came and he lived a sinless life for 33 years he did something never nor can nor I nor you can ever do and then he he went up into the cross and he was beaten at the point of death he was ridiculized he was put into every every single person to watch and they're in such despair then the, the presence of God departed and God poured his departed from Jesus and God poured his wrath his anger upon Jesus what you and I deserve the anger the wrath of God God poured it into his own son for you because he loved you you were on his mind that day and Jesus looked up to his father and he said to his father father it is finished it is paid in full the story of the gospel doesn't end there the story of the gospel is that three days later when everybody else counted Jesus dead there was a bigger plan at hand that plan that Jesus was going to resurrect and he took the gate the, the hell by, by, by his throat and he came to life and he rose from the grave to give you the biggest gift you would ever receive and that is a relationship with God my friend you've been trying to get complete this is your time God wants you to leave this place complete not by a person but by him what are you going to do I will ask the question that I asked early. What do you want to do? If that's you, nobody's looking. This is you and God. If you say, Brian, I, I would like to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to accept the free gift of salvation. Would you just lift up your hand? I would love to lead you into a prayer where you can do so. Nobody's looking. This is you and, and this is you and God. If that's you, would you just put up your hand? Brian, I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. I want to be complete in Him. If that's the Holy Spirit tugging in your heart, that's, that's Him wanting a relationship with you. All you got to do is just put your hand up. Say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Jesus, I want you in my life. Just a few more minutes. Where would you spend eternity? 99% sure it's 100% lost. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Pastor Ryan, that's me. I want to give my life to the Lord. A few more minutes. Nobody's looking. Let's pray. Say, Father, today I accept you in my heart. Father, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I don't have my life together. Father, tonight I want you to come and complete my life. I'm sorry I've been looking in the wrong places. God, today I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess I don't have my life together. Father, but I also recognize, God, that you sent your only son to die for 
my sins. And I thank you. Tonight I put my faith and my trust in you, Jesus. I will never be the same. Today I'm choosing to follow you for the rest of my life. This is my commitment to you. I will never be ashamed of you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in your son, that he came, he died, he rose again for me. I cannot wait to spend eternity with you. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's been fun kicking off his and her series with you guys. I love you. I believe that the best is yet to come. Let, let me tell you something. The next couple of weeks, we're going to dive into a deeper understanding. There's going to be breakout sessions. There's going to be time for just the guys. There's going to be time for just the girls. The next two weeks are pivotal. This is just the beginning. I, I, I'm excited. Are you excited for what God has to say about relationships? I know I am. So, like I said last week, this is the time for us to be the church. And if you love this place, if you want, if you invite your friends. There's an invitation card. We want to pack this place up. We want people to come and hear what Jesus has to say about relationships. Can I pray for you before I get out of here? Father, I, uh, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for every single person. I thank you for every single uh, 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 human in, in this room. Father, I know that you have their, 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 be their, their lives. Uh, you want their best for them, God. I, I believe, God, that, that you even want, you even have bigger desires than their own desires. Father, the Bible says that, that your plans are higher than their plans, that your dreams are higher than their dreams. So, Father, tonight I ask you, Father, would you bless them? Would you bless the relationships? God, would, instead of the enemy turning this into conviction and turning them away from you, God, I pray, God, that they will use the truth that we just learned and that they will be able to apply it into their lives, into their relationships so they can win. You want them to win, God. You want the best for them. Let them believe that, that this message was not meant to accuse them. This message was meant to heal them. This message was not meant to bow them down. This message was to build them up, Lord. So tonight, God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.